everybody. Welcome back to the Channel 23 podcast. The purpose of this podcast is to reach out and touch the fleet, to engage and inform everyone of all things JFW. We're actually on episode nine. I want to welcome back Brother Jim and Super Dave, and we're introducing our very special guest, Linda. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Good morning, everyone. Morning. So episode eight, we now have 84 followers. And we broke a record. We have 175 downloads for episode eight in the first week. That's really good. And the all-time downloads right now is 1591. Wow, that's great, Jam. Yeah, I remember the first podcast, we had like 30 downloads or 60, and Brother Dave's like, we need 200, so we're, we're getting close. We are getting close. That's <clears throat> awesome. Had some good feedback. Casey listens every week. He says he likes the amount of info produced. Kendrick, Ken Anthony, he actually started listening to the podcast. Jimmy V said episode eight was one of the best so far. And Arturo Mendoza, he used to work here. He's listened to all eight episodes. Hey, Kendrick. Glad to see you're listening or, I guess, stay in touch with you somehow, buddy. Yeah. That guy needs to stop by so we could say hi and talk to him for a little bit. Absolutely. There's a, a big beef in the medical world right now. They're, they're arguing that cats are superior to dogs. They're saying that dogs can't read MRIs, but cats can. <laughs> oh, I, I see we jumped right in there. You guys want to hear a joke about a pizza? Yes. It's cheesy. It's too cheesy. Ah, gotcha. <laughs> I, I got a backup, though, Jim. You better come with it. I, I want to go back to, like, the first episode when we talked about skeletons. Do you know uh, uh, why the paper couldn't cross, why the toilet paper couldn't cross the road? I don't. It got stuck in a crack. Oh, okay. That's that's kind of creeping towards your dad, dirty dad jokes. That was that was good though. It wasn't overboard. Good job, Sue. You know I'm an old guy, and I got carded at the liquor store the other day, and uh, my blockbuster card accidentally fell out, and the cashier said, "Never mind." <laughs> Oh, that's funny. Oh, that's a good one. I bet people don't even know what a blockbuster card is. <laughs> so before Linda goes, one of one of Linda's anxieties were, you know, she says, I'm not a dad. Is it cool if I tell your mama joke? So I don't know what bro- what Linda brought today, but I'm excited to hear. Hey, hey everybody, she's turning red right now, you guys, just to, just to help you out. She rattled some off downstairs. I, well, I was going to do your mama jokes, but some, most of them aren't appropriate to put over the it. airways. We are on the so family channel. Linda. I'm just going to do like a mom shopping thing. So, you know, I went into Walmart and I saw that they have Batman shampoo. Huh. And I was so disappointed because they didn't have a conditioner, Gordon. <laughs> Wait, what? <laughs> conditioner That's the Gordon. one my sister named. <laughs> a conditioner Gordon. Oh, uh, Linda, you're gonna have to ex- you're gonna have to explain this to me later. <laughs> the, the detective or his buddy in Commissioner the Commissioner Gordon. Oh, Commissioner gotcha. Gordon. Okay, okay, you want my second joke? Yes. Please. Okay. <laughs> okay. So I had to go to the doctor the other day because I swallowed a bunch of food coloring, and the doctor assured me that I'd be fine. But I'm sure I died a little inside. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Okay, I can understand that one. Not bad, Linda. Appreciate you bringing your your mom jokes. That was Woo! good. Go, I like Linda. that one. Uh, celebrations. Sergio Portillo. He turned 24 on December 6th. I know I said that he's not the baby of the family anymore. Super Dave. I know 
We had a younger cat working here who, who's not here anymore. Do you think Sergio's still the baby of the family? He is now. He is, isn't yeah. he? Wow. Again. Man, he got that status he's, back. He's been the baby for a while. <laughs> Hard to believe. He's pretty accomplished. He's got a kid. You know, he's, I know. he's pretty advanced in life for being I, 24 I years old. I remember celebrating his 21st birthday here. Wow. I heard a rumor or two, Jam. I think he's got a second on the way. He does. Right? He does. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Congratulations, Sergio. Both be, ways. Happy birthday and on the baby. Yep. He'll be gray by 25. <laughs> no doubt. <laughs> big, big birthday. Linda's birthday is today, and her birthday present is doing the podcast. <laughs> Yay. Happy, Happy birthday, Linda. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> she tried to get out of it, guys. I, I sent out a calendar invite, and she declined the invite. <laughs> I'm like, come on, Linda. It's so funny because we sit right next to each other downstairs, and a lot of times we'll email each other, and it's like we could just turn and look, and it's like... I got the decline, and I looked at it like, what is that all about? So, I did give you advance warning I was going to decline right. it. I think, I think once I announced on the company radio you were, that we had a special guest, you, you sent the decline. Uh, Deshaun in the Wash Bay, his birthday is the 10th. So happy birthday, Deshaun. Anniversaries, Joanne, her anniversary was yesterday. I've never seen somebody so hyped up about her anniversary. She'd been waiting for an anniversary shirt, and man, it, it was a struggle to have her wait. But uh, happy uh, happy anniversary, Joanne. You've definitely been an asset to JFW. And Anthony Harper, his anniversary today is one-year anniversary. So congrats, guys and girls. Yeah, happy anniversary, everybody. New drivers started this week. You'll have to help me with this last name, Dave. We had Richard... Musquiz. Richard Musquiz. Glad you helped me. I got it now, but thank you. And then uh, David Lanez, welcome to JFW, guys. Yep, welcome, you guys. Yeah, happy to have you here, you guys. Shout-outs. We got Dwayne San wanted to give a shout-out to 0049, Jose Barraza, and 0059, Vic, for helping him with uh, Top Problem. And then he wanted to give a really special shout-out. He doesn't know who it is, but somebody found his car key in the West Yard and turned it in. So I think he said, you saved my life. <laughs> Big Tone wants to give a shout-out to Ron Bugler in 0095. Ron preloaded... Uh, Tone's truck with cores, but he also filled his fuel tank up, washed his floor mats, and cleaned his windows. That's going above and beyond. That's a problem we have when people borrow somebody's truck or with slip seating, not bringing the truck back the way it was, let alone better than it was. So great job, Ron. And was Ron did a solid. He was the night guy that night. So oh. he was also hopping, doing the nice. preloading trucks for the can that night. So that was really great that he great did job, that. Great job, man. That just yeah. shows he cares. Yeah. You talk about covering a lot of the creed, right, right. you guys? Yeah. 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 I told you, Ron bleeds JFW. When you're that busy and you take the time out to take care of that truck and make right. sure you left it better than you yeah. found it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no excuse. That was, that was great, Ron. Uh, Shout-outs to the Backup Challenge recipients. We had Dustin Romero, Troy Hunt, Jack Oquendo Mejia and Miguel in 0057. Those guys all completed the backup challenge with no pull-ups, and that was uh, a $250 payday to them. But a special shout-out to Jack Domenico. I asked Jack if he was going to do it, and he says, nah, I don't need to do that. And then he said, you know what, I'll do it, and if I do it without pull-ups, I want you to donate the 250 bucks to the toy drive we're doing. But not only that, if I don't do it, I'll cough up $250 of my own money. And uh, he, made it, he made it pretty far. He got a little jammed up and set his air brakes. And right there on the spot, he pulled that $250 cash for the toy drive. 
That's awesome. Yeah, thank you, Jack, and thanks from the kids also, buddy. That's that's amazing. Yeah, he's a he's a class act. Absolutely, absolutely. Uh, speaking of the challenge, the challenge does end this Friday, and let's discuss why, Jim. <laughs> <laughs> well, let let me back up just a little bit, and I want to throw another challenge out, and not not for money and stuff, but the guys that won that money, uh, a couple of you guys made it look really easy. If you could do me a favor or do JFW or do the family a favor, and if you see somebody struggling, backing up, if you could grab them and politely go, hey, I just won this contest. This is kind of how I do it. I'm, I feel really comfortable doing it. Help your other fellow driver out. That would, that would be amazing because you, you guys are champions, and, and the guys that won that money, you guys are good at doing it, and you know, congratulations. And as far as the challenge ending, this week, Jam, I think we spoke about it several times that the guys that I guess knew that they could do it or wanted to do it, they stepped up. Right. They came to us. They they fed themselves, you know. And if you haven't stepped up, if you haven't gotten a hold of us yet, that's your fault, not not ours. You didn't you didn't earn it, like we talk about all the time, right, right. Jam? Yeah. Part of the other problem is the people that need to do the challenge weren't doing it, it right? So I mean. I get it, Jim. The, the way it was explained to me is we, we failed. You know, the original backup challenge was for a driver that was having trouble, and we made her better. And then this backup challenge just turned into a bet for the more skilled drivers to show that they could do it. Dustin Romero, I mean, he made it look like he was putting butter on a piece of toast. Troy Hunt did a great job. Jack Oquendo Mejia, he did a good job, but he was shaking when he was done. <laughs> but he did it. And then Miguel in 0057 did a good job. Uh, I do need to apologize to Thomas Nuanis. Thomas Nuanis completed the challenge without any pull-ups, and I told him he got it. But my conscience got the better of me, and you know, I told him, and I talked to Jim, I talked to Scooby just to get an opinion. There was a bobtail back there, and his mud flaps were sticking out, so they weren't hanging straight down. They were sticking out. Thomas rubbed the mud flaps just a little bit with his steer tire point of the challenge is to really not be near anything and not rub anything and the way Jim you explained it to me is we don't rub stuff you know would you rub would you rub a sand pile would you knock your lug nut covers off would you rub it on a scale you know so uh, Thomas Nuanas, he's going to do it again today I have full confidence that he's going to do it without any pull-ups and he's going to do it better than he did so looking forward to that awesome yeah when we talked about that Jim the you know, I always look back. Is it something you do with your personal vehicle? I love you know, that. would you would you take your your nice pickup or nice car and rub those mud flaps? Probably not. You know, we had older rock trailers that had swing barn gates on them, where you had to get out, unlatch them, and they'd swing open, and you chained them open. You know, we had a guy that would on the ramp, he would stop or he would back up. He'd undo it and back up, and then jam on the brakes, and that gate would come around and bang the side of the trailer and he thought that was okay and I looked at him one day and I said hey uh, can I have the keys to your pickup and he's like oh what's up do you need something I'm like yeah I'm just gonna go out and just drop your tailgate just open it up and drop it and he's like well that's not cool and I said so what's the difference and he was like wow I, I've never thought about it that way so yeah that's that's how we look at that that's your yeah. car too you guys or your truck absolutely treat it like you own it Yep. Love it. Reminds me of a time I saw a guy standing on a f hood fender washing his windshield, Jim. <laughs> and I come up and I'm, I say, what the heck are you doing? He said, well, I'm washing my window. I said, well, 
next time I see you, you know, your pickup truck over there, I'll just stand on the hood to wash your windshield. Yeah, it's the it's the same thing. It's just you know thinking a little bit ahead, thinking of others. You know, it's yep. it's it's tough when you're when you're busy and trying to do stuff. Yeah, absolutely. All right, get, did you guys have any shout outs for anybody? I'm sorry. Um, just yeah, again mentioning everybody in that group. Lately, we've uh, implemented the uh, geotab part of that for the guys that are running out of town. We're working on the hourly stuff here. And there's a lot of changes going on and everybody's stepping up and they're working hard figuring out and all that. We're, you know, such a family. And when we when we get hit with a problem, it's just amazing how all you guys come together, the, the whole the whole company. It's great. Thanks. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, the guys doing uh, work on our hours of service with me on the Geotab drive, the ELD system. Thank you. Uh, we are making progress, and those guys are giving me a lot of feedback to, to make it work good. So thank you. I have a quick shout-out for the night guys and the Coors guys, Jason and Charlie. Yeah. Charlie covered for Jason this past week. He had a death in his family, and he covered, so he's doing the night stuff all by himself and preloading trucks. The week before, Jason had covered Charlie pretty much all week because he was out being sick too. So those guys are really covering for each other. Everybody's getting preloads in the morning, so thank you for all of that too. Um, but, yeah, it's a lot. You're out there all by yourself. You know, trying to get everything done and you see the can building and building a little bit of anxiety for you there because you're the only one no backup and they did a great job so hopefully we have a full crew back tonight Coors unfortunately isn't working until late tonight <laughs> <laughs> so I was like well Welcome that's to Coors. just the way Coors goes but yeah thank you to those guys for always helping out and being the Lone Rangers there at night. Yeah, those guys are super dependable. Yeah, they yeah. really are. And they got to be for that position if, you know, Charlie and Jason both got sick one day. I mean, we're going to be scrambling. So. Well, that's where Ron Bugler stepped in that one time when he was, you know, over there and Damn. helped us out really well. So More thank you, Ron, Ron, for that. Man. Awesome. All right, getting to our discussion. Obviously, Linda is our special guest today. Linda, you're the backbone of Dispatch. You are... One of the more caring people I know in my life. Uh, you never crack under pressure. I've never seen Linda. I sit right next to Linda, and, I mean, the ceiling could fall, be falling down on top of her, and she's going to stay calm and get stuff handled. More importantly, you're a mom to AJ, Kendall, and Haley, and uh, grandma to Waylon and Willow, and I get to see all the pics. So, <laughs> you know, I just know how much you care about your family, and that, that's just so awesome to see. Um Switching over to JFW Business, how long have you been working here, and what was your path to get here? I've, I've been here almost 11 years. February will be 11 years. So um, my path here was interesting one because I worked in a scale house um, at Hall Irwin, which is now Burnco. And I had all the JFW trucks coming through and taking material out for us there and got to know a lot of the drivers, like when... Uh, Stingray started, Mr. Ed, who's not here anymore. I had Dennis in here. Scooby was actually here the first time. He was in 0016, I think, huh. at the time. Um, I met all the JFW drivers um, from then. I you know, had a good relationship with all the drivers compared to a lot of the other companies that we were using at the time. Um, huge difference on dealing with JFW drivers versus other companies or FOBs that would come in. Um, just a real class act when I was back there. Um, I got laid off at Hall Irwin, went to work for another uh, company for a little bit. Um, they sold, and 
I think I was out of work two days and I got a call from Jim and Dave because a friend of mine, Kelly, who still works at Burnco, had mentioned to Jim and Dave that, hey, Linda just got laid off and they gave me a call. I was actually at an interview when you guys called me and came over the next day and um, said they said they were going to start, you know, building their company and wanted to go in a, you know, bigger, better, uh, faster, stronger, you know, direction. And uh, they needed some help with dispatch because at the time only Jim and Dave were doing it and swapping exactly. out and, huh. you know, and it was from sun up to sundown pretty much. And so I jumped in with that and holy cow, that was a big thing. That was 11 years ago almost, right? Uh. Linda? Yeah. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? That's amazing. Super yeah. Dave, did you know Linda when she was a uh, scale lady at Hallowern? Yeah, I sure did. And I got to tell you, Linda, you were my go-to person. Anytime we had trouble up there at the pit or anything to do with Hallowern, you were the go-to gal Thank for you. sure. So Yay. That's awesome. How many trucks? Oh, are you gonna say I something? was just going to say, same thing here, right? Super Dave, go uh, the go-to person. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, right, right here, yeah. Yep. yeah. How many trucks did we have, Linda? 24. Wow. And I thought that was so many trucks to dispatch. Huh. And it was funny because I actually only had to dispatch 22 of them because at that point, Rick Gray, who's now in 0080, and another driver that we had here, Squirrel, were pretty much OTR drivers at the time. They were out. I don't think I even met Rick for, I don't know, three weeks before, a month. I'd been here working a month before I even saw his face. Wow. Because he was out on the road all the time. So It's funny to, you know, obviously I wasn't here 10 years ago, but to hear the stories of what was going on compared to what we are, where we're at now, just to think about how how different things can be in the next 10 years, that's crazy. Yeah. What was the biggest change? that you've seen between then and now? Oh my gosh, there's so many. Um, the volume, we we had fewer trucks, but we went to more places at that. So the logistically, that was kind of crazy. Now we have more trucks, but we go to fewer places. Um, so that's, that's a big difference on that. Um, the technology that we're using now, the dispatching, we used to write everything out by hand. Wow and photocopy everything and give it to the drivers and put 0020 times three times or 00 first 0020 times one and then send it out fold up the paper and put it in the boxes in the driver's room and that's how they got their stuff for the day we just made a copy of whatever we received from one of our customers so uh, now that we've got the axon app and the i mean it's just geotab yeah everything you uh, know having that knowing where the trucks are is so Especially when something comes up, an emergency, whether we, you know somebody calls and says, I really need this over here, we have a water break, or something's going on, to be able to look at Geotab and see who's getting close to a pit, that we can grab somebody and help, because we get so many good compliments and we're so known for our customer service, and it's because we're able to do stuff like that, and because our drivers are so good at saying okay yep i can get that done let you know let me sweep out real quickly and i'll get that done so it's nice. it's really nice to have the technology and the quality of drivers that we have makes a huge difference that's great uh we've sat in in a few dispatch interviews together and you always describe the job as putting a let me see if i get this right or why don't you just give the description linda it's trying to put together a puzzle every day so that you don't get a picture of the puzzle you don't know how many pieces they are there are in the puzzle 
at the end of the day, you have to have a completed puzzle. But during the day, people are going to take puzzle pieces away <laughs> and then they're going to add puzzle pieces. And so you have to keep building your puzzle to have a completed puzzle at the end of the day with everything else that goes on. So if you don't like doing puzzles, this is probably not a job for you. <laughs> don't be a dispatcher. There you go. Uh, what's uh, the biggest challenges you face in dispatch in the, in the current day? Oh, the, the biggest challenge? There's so many. There's like a whole bunch of number one challenges. You know, we need to make sure that we provide customer service to all of our customers. And our customers are, you know, Simplot or Brannon or whoever, but it's also to our drivers to make sure that we're helping them out to get to the job site. So there's, we have so many things that we need to do that are important. It's just kind of everything's at number one. Gotcha. So when you're driving into work or walking up to the door, you have a million thoughts going through your head or is there something that's most concerning to you? I have a thing on how can we make dispatch better mm. and make it run smoother or on days like today when it's a little bit slower, how do I, where can I go and search for more work to keep everybody working all the trucks moving? You know, it's a responsibility that, you know, if we don't have any work out there, I'm affecting people's pay and right. the, what they're going to have, you know, their livelihood. So when we don't have enough work, that's actually more stressful than when we have too much work. If we don't have enough work, right. that weighs heavily on me and, you know, try to scramble to get everything we can. Gotcha. So we all know there's a list in dispatch, right? <laughs> there's a blacklist of drivers that you're not going to send anywhere. And then your, your favorites list. Do you have copies of those for everybody? Th those are up on the wall, aren't they, Jeff? <laughs> Just as you walk in? Posted in the it's, driver's room, right? <laughs> it's the same list. Everybody's on both of those lists. <laughs> right. So the reason I bring that up jokingly is, you know, people think that there's these lists out there, you know, or why does this guy always get to do this? Or can you explain a little bit to the drivers, one, so everybody knows we don't have these actual lists, but how does that work, Linda? Why does why do certain drivers feel maybe there's favoritism? They use the word a lot or We stuff try like that? to match up like everybody else a little bit what's the easy button for us too right so if we have a driver that i know is might not be their favorite run to do but i need to have this done i can call upon that driver and say you know can you can you do this for me i know it sucks and they'll do it i won't get a lot of blowback from it um they're just real helpful they just go and get it done and off they go and you know keep keep on trucking on that there's also trying to match up job sites with drivers and what their abilities are you know it's not really setting somebody up for success if you have a brand new driver who you're sending to a, a job site that they've never been to before we do send sometimes brand new drivers to new jobs that other drivers perceive as good jobs or bad jobs or what have you but because they need to get the experience of that so there's kind of a catch-22 where you don't want to send them, but you need to send them because how else are they going to get an experience for that? Um, I have never been a driver. I mean, I've been out on job sites and stuff, but in a pickup truck or bidding jobs and that kind of stuff. So what I think is a really good job, other drivers think is a really crummy job. And I was doing that one time with, actually it happened to be Rick Gray. And he, I let him dispatch himself one day 
for the next day. And he came in the next day, I think mainly just to bust my chops, but <laughs> did, didn't like how his dispatch was. Well, he did the dispatch. <laughs> so that was my kind of lesson learned. And is that, you know, one driver thinks this job is great and right. another driver hates it. So I, I don't, I try to dispatch, you know, what I think is going to set JFW and everybody up for success. Sure. And that's what we all do down there, you know, try to do stuff. Um, we do also, though, need to send people sometimes to things that are more challenging to try and, you know, develop another go-to person. You know, I would love to have 100 go-to drivers. Right. Um, some of it is just time and grade. Some of it is just building that driver's confidence. You know they can do it, but they're just a little bit worried about stuff, which is good. Um, so there's so many different things that go into that um, to be a go-to. I think we really do have a fleet of go-to drivers. Mm -hmm. It's just we want to set it up for success so that it doesn't frustrate the driver. We provide the good customer service, and there's yeah. so much that goes into that. There is. I mean, I've seen it. There's drivers, all they want to do is run fair play, and then there's other drivers like, don't don't send me to fair play, so you're right. And how do you learn, you know, 100-plus personalities and what they like and stuff like that? But I know one frustrating thing, and maybe you won't say it, is when dispatch pulls a driver off of something, it's just so personal to them. Why did they take me off of this run? Why did they take me off of my run? And it's like, hey, bud, like, the plant stuffed. You can't bring anything in there, and everybody's leaving, <laughs> you know? Right. There's just a lot of moving pieces people don't see behind the scenes, so. Yeah, and maybe we need to explain that a little better when we when we pull people off. Maybe that would help, but something that we can work on in dispatch, maybe that would help people understand a little bit that we're not doing it to be mean. We're doing it to fill a need or to keep you moving for the day, you know, keep you earning money, so... Yeah. There's, you know, there's always something going on, and I would rather have somebody call dispatch and ask something than to sit in their truck and stew about something. Um, or if they're on a job that they hate, it doesn't mean I can change them or dispatch can change them that day or that they won't have to do it again. But we can try and take that into account and see if we can make that work within our dispatch because we've got stuff that needs to go to all different places. Some people love to be on plant 13. Some people hate to be on plant 13. If we can put somebody who loves it at plant 13, it's a win-win. And then I don't have to put somebody who hates it down there right. as often. So, you know, it's that kind of stuff that you have to try and keep in mind. And rather than sitting in your truck and stewing about it, I would rather hear about it keeping in mind that, again, might not change immediately, but at least we have the knowledge or we can tell you why we had to do that that way. We're not just trying to pick on you. Yeah, I tell you, I, I talk to a lot of drivers, right, coming from other companies, and I hear the stories about the dispatchers and the dispatch division at the other companies. And uh, I'll tell you what, it's a lot of horror stories, um, not caring about the driver, not caring about... Um, you know the skill level or or anything having to do they just say tough you know go do it that's your dispatch and i think our our guys are so lucky because everybody in the dispatch linda jen uh paula and randy they're all attached to the drivers in their own way and it's it's like the jfw family like we talk about but you really do care about sending people to the places that they're capable of or that they like. And in some other companies, you guys, they don't care. They won't work with the drivers at all. You know, you're a number. 
And I don't see that here. And I, I really would like to point that out to everybody that, you know, we really do work as a team trying to get that all um, figured out so everybody's happy and capable. Mm-hmm. So it's a big deal. Absolutely. I'm a, I'm a voice for a lot of the drivers and they'll come to me and be like, ask me a dispatch question. And I'm like, have you talked to dispatch? Oh no. And it's like, why don't you go up there and talk to them? They're, they're super nice. They'll talk to you. They, I tell them exactly that Linda, you may not get what you want today or tomorrow, but if you talk to them, they will try to accommodate you. And super Dave, you're right. You know, before I came back to JFW, I was driving for a sandbox outfit and uh, I would walk into the dispatch trailer, actually, and, hey, everybody. And, I mean, they wouldn't even look at me. I wouldn't even get a response. They wouldn't even acknowledge that I said hello until the day I quit. Then, then I got a response. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, our dispatch is top-notch, guys. And this isn't like another dispatch job. We've had other dispatchers come in that have done, you know, dispatch on computers. Yeah, you had 200 dots on a computer. You're moving around but not talking to actual drivers and not having plants shut down or not dealing with accidents it's, it's completely different I, I think this is a very niche dispatch job it's not like you know dispatching for other companies i've never no, we're dispatching that. family members we right. we know when we're calling somebody and having to pull them off and send them someplace else that they're probably not going to like this but it's also helping jfw on a whole and jfw family and their paycheck because then because we're able to pull them off get this other customer taken care of in a timely manner in a professional manner it just you know it goes out in the world that look how good jfw does even though i know we're going to be upsetting the driver because they want to stay right here or do this you know but in the big picture it's helping everybody and not not to be a debbie downer but how do you know you're upsetting the driver linda you can hear it in their voice a lot of times <laughs> on the radio when they're like, okay, you know, and then just knowing that luckily we're still small enough. I know a hundred drivers is still a lot, but we're still small enough that we get to know most of the drivers. It's been really challenging the last year though, with all the COVID stuff right. to know who the drivers are. It's, it's weird. Sometimes drivers come in and I'm like, ah, I know who you are, but I don't see you anymore. Right. So it's hard for me to remember. I'm, I know who they are out there in the world, 0016 and, you know, whatever. But then when Mike shows up, I'm like, oh, who? <laughs> I know who you are, but I, yeah. I haven't made the association. And then the same thing with the West Yard. Right. I, I very rarely see, um, see those guys. Zeus was in here the other day. I hadn't seen him in forever. You know, so I was like, oh, it's very nice to see you here because we just don't get to see them. And before, when there were 25 drivers, usually at the end of the night, all 24, 25 were in the in the front office there seeing what they were doing for tomorrow or asking questions. So that's a huge difference, too. I don't want 100 guys in the office, but yeah. I'd like to see a little more FaceTime, too. Sure. I think people used to stop by more pre-COVID, mm-hmm. for sure. Yeah. And I want to know, what did Zeus do that he was over here? Was he in trouble or... <laughs> no, I think he finally got his truck back. And then, uh, yeah, so I think it was a good thing. <laughs> that's good. He's kind of one of those shadow guys. You don't see him very often. He just goes out and gets his job done and, you know, off he goes. So Yeah, just gets it done yeah. for sure. What what can the drivers do for you, Linda, or not for you, but for dispatch and JFW to, to make dispatch's job easier? Number one, be here. <laughs> That's a good start. Mondays, Mondays and Fridays are so challenging in dispatch because 
I get it Monday after a Bronco game on Sunday. It's harder to get up that early in the morning. I get it. But, oh, my gosh, Mondays are challenging. So just having people show up. Right. We talked about their weekend immune system. Exactly. <laughs> that is the weekend immune system. Right. Um, another thing would be reading their dispatch. We try to put, you know, how we want you to do this first all day, whatever. We're doing that not just randomly, but because we need you to do this first because possibly the second one they can't take their load this early or they need to have, you know, this place is too full. We need them to use some material first, so we're having to do something else. So there is a method to our madness um, on that most of the time. Uh, so there's, you know, we have time crunches and windows that we have to meet or that their customers have requested, so we're trying to do that. So I think reading your dispatches and then watching bamboo. We put a lot of information out on bamboo. Um, so I think that's really helpful too. And then if you do have questions, call and ask. Right. Yeah. Some of these guys that get on autopilot, they've been hardwired on a plan and then you guys switch it up and you know, Jennifer will be here in the morning. Like what's this truck doing over here? And that's what he's used to doing and never checked his dispatch. So, right. Right. Yeah. Or when we switch pits and they're used to going to, Firestone and all of a sudden it switched to Morton and they're up at Firestone because they just saw that they're doing sand to plant too or wherever. And I was like, Oh, we switched. And that's where we put a bamboo notice out too, to try and help out. But you know, that's happening a lot, isn't it? It is. And mistakes happen. I get that, but we could cut down on those so much by just reading your dispatch, you know, watching the bamboo and being here. I mean that those three things are, are the big ones, I think. Sure. Uh, Super Dave and Brother Jim, what was it like bringing Linda on board 10, almost 11 years ago? Yeah, in Linda's position, uh, you guys, um, like she said, we, me and Dave did all the dispatching. And I, w I was laughing when I seen the question earlier, and then Linda did such a good job explaining it. But we literally, you know, took that piece of paper that we got, maybe an email or even a fax back then, and we copied it, we made notes on it, here's the order, here's what it is, we wrote the numbers on it, just like all Linda said, and me and Dave were going to give that up or, or have Linda help that help us with that so one of us could, like Dave, in Dave's case, run more of the operations, or in my case, be upstairs more where I'm, I'm involved with the books, and, and Linda stro strolled in here and, and took everything over and, and did an awesome job. I mean, she, she teases me every once in a while, we were trying to train her on how we did it, and and I guess I'm a person that when I'm do when I do stuff, I, I just do it. I don't talk about it. And and Linda was like, "Think out loud, think out loud for me, so I see what you're doing and and what change, you know, what changes." She goes, "How do you know that that truck needs to be over here?" And I'm like, um, "I just remembered it was over there, but I didn't tell you about it." And so yeah, Jim, back to your question. It was it was amazing. She was. You know, we talk about different hires, bad hires, good hires, all that kind of stuff. And we have so many good hires here. And, and Linda is one of those. And we're we're proud to have her here. And also, like you said, as far as that that good heart and wanting to serve, she's that person. And that that's a that's a tremendous leader to have in dispatch. I've heard people call her Mama Linda. Yeah, you know. yeah, that's yeah. I, and we tease her too. Sometimes it's a little bit of a fault, right, Linda? Right. You, it is. You mama too far because you know that's. But that's what moms do. That's that's what makes them great. Super Dave, what kind of relief was it for you to have Linda come on board? I don't know. You know, uh, 
I didn't see, and this is a compliment too, Linda, I didn't see a whole lot of change. It was a very smooth transition from Jim and Dave doing dispatch to you. For me, I was just driving at the time, um, so I didn't really notice much except for <laughs> Linda's voice on the radio instead of Jim's. Were you on her go-to list or on a blacklist? Uh, I don't know. Linda, can you answer that? <laughs> you were on my go-to list. Was <laughs> it was, it, they make it sound very nice, like I did a really good job, but it was not a great job in the beginning every day. Right. There, you know, I had a learning, not even a curve. I had a straight-up learning thing, and, I, and we did have a couple of drivers that quit when I first started because yeah. they didn't want to have you know, me as the dispatcher. And that happens. I see that happen with every dispatcher we've brought on that, you know, I I don't know if it's a hazing type thing or whatever, you know, a challenge or a test or something like that, but it, this is a really tough job and it takes you a good year to learn everything that's going on because we have different things that matter in different seasons. And so you just finally get down the busy season and all of a sudden everything slows up. So you're like, move this, move this, move this. Whoa, hold on. We can't, we, now we have to start at six. And right. it's, you know, there's so many little things that you have to learn. It's hard to be good at this job and you learn every single day. You have to get better every single day. And I learn more from my mistakes because I'm like, oh, I'm not going to do that again, you know, right. type stuff. But it's a challenging job and Jim and and Dave and Dave are being kind, but there were some really tough days that were in there and there were some dispatches that totally blew up. And, you know, like I said, a couple of drivers quit because they didn't want to have me dispatching. So, you know, it's, it's tough, but, you know, but Lynn, don't you think that's, that's the change that's hard to embrace here just because you did it different, you know, that's a change. It's like switching a driver, you know, maybe they're really not upset about you, you, like you're taking them off a crappy job and maybe they are, but it's the change. You know, we all like routines to a certain point and you did it different. Paula does it different. Randy does it different. And some people like Randy's style. Some people like Jennifer's style. And yeah, that's one thing I'd have to, I have to say is we all have to embrace the change that happens. And one of those changes you mentioned it earlier is people calling out on Mondays and Fridays. I mean, if we have Five trucks broke down. We schedule seven people off, Jim. We allow seven, and that that grows, you know, to even more. Because if we have, you know, we have a we have a couple of guys on like short term disability, let's say, that been out yeah. for an extended period of time. So it's not fair to like count those three guys, you know, as the seven when they're off for two or three months, and somebody else puts in, and I'm like, oh well, we have seven people off. Well, these guys have been off for three months. I'm gonna approve that. So it's. It's it it's hurts. Ten, it, right? It's, right, Jan? Ten. It's ten. We have easy. five broke down, and we got four guys that call out. I don't even right. know what that adds up to. Twenty right. trucks. Well, dispatch has to change twenty trucks. We have to, right. and and that you know, what's going to come up is that customer, right? Right. And we got to cover that customer, Linda, and and that's your number one thing. And then we take care of our inside customers, which is our drivers. But think about it, you guys. Switching twenty dispatches that you've already done and and you were expecting the sum of them off right, right you guys but how about the five that called out that you already had set up that might have been a good guy for that job might have been an okay job job it just the change you guys we gotta gotta expect that and one driver calling out can be as many as six loads we're having to change so right. it's not it's not insignificant you yeah, know or- and especially in the summer when we're having to work such long hours already yep. You know, if we have people that are here, 
maybe we don't have to work that because now I've got those six extra loads back and right. it's six extra loads times the five guys, it's you know, 30 loads more. Yeah. That means, you know, we don't have to work and go grab that late, late load. So, I mean, it, there's a ripple effect to everything that goes on, you know, and pe things happen in people's lives and, you know, right. you have Absolutely. to take time off and something comes up. I mean, I've had, you know, stuff happen myself that, right. you know, it just, it happens and I get that, but it just seems to be that everybody has Monday and Friday flu. So, <laughs> you know, yeah. and, and, and speaking of that or changes, I just keep thinking of things. You know, we all the COVID we're getting through COVID. We're supposedly getting our shots or lots of people have gotten their shots, whether they believe it or not. And now some people are getting their booster shots. But a they didn't tell us that when you got your booster shot or your second shot, you had a chance of getting sick, you know, or if they right. did, oh, it'll be very little. Now we have to deal with that and people have to deal with that. And there's just always something out there, like you said, Linda, there that is. we're we're dealing with yeah. yeah we as messy people dave yeah. were you gonna say something no i was just gonna add to that um ripple effect that linda mentioned i say this in the onboarding every time that i i lecture the people about the the office numbers don't text me because <laughs> i'm not dispatch right but if you do call out sure you have maybe four or six loads that you're responsible but then they have to move that to another driver but that other driver is already dispatched so then you maybe have to move six more loads and it and it does that so right linda you said there were tough days when you started and there's still tough days and i've seen the position eat up and spit people out that try to be dispatchers and we have a pretty good crew right now you know better than i do but how, how are you guys sitting how do you feel about the we have a really crew? good crew everybody is learning myself included more every day you know we're we strive to be better every day on that and try you know try to make everything work as well but it it's challenging and there's yeah we still have days that that completely blow up whether it's something that we've done in dispatching incorrectly which has happened or something's changed and we're supposed to have you know 10 trucks over here and all of a sudden the job site got shut down for whatever and now we're scrambling because half the trucks are loaded and you know are on the way and they can't take them and there's there's just a lot of chaos that goes on in dispatch and the thing is is that it's all important so it's not like you have this is what you do first this is what you do second it's everything is what you need to do first and it's, it's challenging. So it's, you know, put that along with the phone ringing, your cell phone ringing, the company radio going off. Uh, Jim and Dave did that all by themselves in the beginning. You know, I did it all by myself in the beginning with Jim and Dave's help. Then we got Jennifer, which was a godsend to have Jennifer in there. And boy, did that make a difference. And then, you know, there are long days. There, you know, we're here generally before most of the trucks and here after most of the trucks right um just because we have to make sure everything's buttoned up and you know done correctly um i like to make sure that all the drivers get in safe at the end of the night we don't leave them out there strand you know alone the, the shop is here you know but i just like to let them know hey dispatch is leaving do we need to do anything for you before we leave but you know trying to do that kind of stuff but there's it's challenging every day and like I said, slow days sometimes are even more challenging than the really busy days. So, right. Yeah, Linda, I was, as you were saying that, you know, lately we've been doing the good morning, you know, Jose mm -hmm. does it quite a bit he and stuff does. like that. And 
How nice is it, you guys? Like Linda just said, she says goodnight to you guys. You might be in here, you might be already gone, but she's telling every one of you, or, or Randy is, or somebody telling you goodnight. So good morning and goodnight is, is part of being a family. One thing I wanted to point out is, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, when it comes to staffing, you know, we're talking about drivers calling off. Well, we have four dispatchers, so if somebody's scheduled off or doesn't make it into dispatch, that's 25% of dispatch. If you have, you know, two people in dispatch not making it in, that's 50% of dispatch. So, yeah. you know. We're so lucky. We have such a good dispatch team, you know, that um, it's challenging when people call out. But we have such a good team that we can still keep going right. and do that stuff. So, you know, things come up, emergencies come up. I know when my daughter had uh, Willow, that was a, you know, a big thing there. And I was gone longer than I had expected to be. And you know what pressure that puts on your coworkers on there. And, sure. and it's nice because you've got your family, biological family, and you've got your JFW family. So when you're at home with your biological family, because they need you there, you're worried about your JFW family because you're not there right. and vice versa yeah. on that. So, but we've got such a good team down there and we, we help each other out and cover each other and you know, people have strong suits or something that they like to do better or better at. You know, we try to play to that in dispatch as well. I'm just so fortunate to have to have everybody down there. It's just a great team. Nice. A couple more questions, Linda, then you're off the hook. Oh, no. <laughs> what would you like to see happen in dispatch in this coming year, 2022? I would like to see us become more efficient and just learn more, get better, just make everything better all the time. You're always trying to make things better. I don't know how to do that other than let's try something like this. <laughs> sometimes right. it works well, sometimes it blows up and we you know, have to be like, okay, well that's not going to work. Sure. So I would like to see us get more efficient. I just, sometimes I forget to look up and think about, I haven't really looked at next year as much. I'm always excited to see what's going to happen with JFW. We're always changing, we're always doing something. In the beginning, I used to tell Jim and Dave, I need a paper bag to hyperventilate <laughs> in. <laughs> because it would, you know, they were like, we're gonna add 20 more trucks. And that was when we were at 24. And I was like, oh my gosh, wow. how am I gonna do 50 trucks? And then I need a paper bag. And now they say we're gonna add, you know, new trucks or whatever's going on. I have the trust in everybody and everybody that's around us then I'm like, okay, we can do this. In the beginning, I was a little nervous. Now I'm like, we can do this. JFW can do this. It's funny because you got such a good poker face, Linda. Something will happen in dispatch and the newer dispatchers, not so much now because Randy and Paul have been here for a little bit, but it's like mini freak out moment. And then I look at Linda and she's like, it'll be fine. Don't worry about it. <laughs> it's we'll get it taken care of. Brother Dave Duck thing, calm yep. on the surface. And underneath, <laughs> underneath, I'm like pedaling like crazy. Yeah, but just yeah. paddling. Yep. That's funny. Final question, Linda. What item on the creed do you feel like you emulate most in your life and how? You know, initially I, I put, was going to think that that was like accountable for my words and my actions, which I always try to, uh. huh? But I, I think face and overcome stuff everything that comes before you i think that's i think that's the accurate. one that i try to do the most and i think that's what i've learned a lot from jfw and i was kind of like that before but now i you know instead of being like oh i'm not doing this anymore i'm like nope i've got this you know here's round two off we go and and do that stuff 
just you know you have to put your head down and get it done so face and overcome i think is is really the one that's that's there that's awesome linda thank you well guys let's talk about that brand new pete sitting in the yard what new pete (laughs) (laughs) i know west guys you haven't seen it yet east guys Everybody pretty well worked it over last night, didn't oh, they? Yeah. yeah, there was a sign on that door handle that says locked <laughs> so nobody could get in it. But, yeah, it's, yeah, it's beautiful. That was kind of funny, too, because somebody came upstairs and asked me something. They said, yeah, I think Stingray took the keys or Mikey locked it already <laughs> and put them on the desk or hit them and stuff. And I finally looked at him, and I'm like, did you know that all the keys for all the trucks are key to light? Anybody can go out and open that truck back up? And he kind of laughed and goes, no, but I'm not going to say nothing now. <laughs> <laughs> now everybody knows. <laughs> so, yeah, back to the truck, you guys. That's a, that's a pilot truck. I'm not sure how many Peterbilt made for sure. Um, those could be, or this one and one coming the end of this next week, could be two in the nation that they built for us. That model truck, they've been building that truck, but it wasn't allowed to have an automatic transmission in it. You could get that motor and all the stuff in it, but only with a a manual transmission. Uh, Peterbilt did a pilot uh, program where they wanted to put that transmission in that truck. I'm not sure what the holdup is on that truck because that's the same transmission and motor that's in all of you guys' trucks. Um, And they came to us uh, as being a a customer of Peterbilt's and, and what we do, and they're after to see our application, construction, you know, a little bit off highway. We're not that much off highway. But anyway, what our company, hauling gravel, starting and stopping, all that does to that motor and transmission in that cab configuration. So we were excited because obviously anybody that looked at that truck, it, and we, we all said we'd not bleep out anymore, but that's a big badass truck, you guys. That's old school. That hood is eight inches longer than anything in the yard. Um, it's uh, the longest truck in the fleet right now. We, Dave, redesigned it, went over weight and all that kind of stuff. That's a 250-inch wheelbase. It makes the inner bridge for a 35-foot trailer. It's also only 193 pounds heavier than any truck in the fleet. Uh, we, when we ran the hoods before, we had a lot of problems with accidents, with people forgetting the car that's in front of them or on the side because that's got such a big hood. That truck has the new wingman fusion collision mitigation system, which is basically if a car stops in front of you, that truck's gonna automatically stop. We should never have a rear end accident with that truck ever again. Um, I'm sure there's some stuff that the drivers are gonna have to learn like following too close and that kind of stuff. But as far as safety again, that's, big bad ass safety stuff that's that's stuff we have to embrace because it makes us all safer and your family safer um just a little something else both stacks are live on that truck so if you see it because they don't really smoke anymore you guys but steam in the morning it'll be out of both stacks so that that's kind of cool it's also got the new and there's other trucks out with this but they're calling that the new automotive dash it's something to attract newer drivers to a, a car that's like a, you know, again, a video game or your cars you're, you're driving right now and uh, has the new dash in it. I haven't played with it enough, but I understood that you can make that dash look like it has all gauges too, like oh, an old wow. school truck. So 
yeah, it's just jam. I don't know what I've what I've missed that we talked about. It just that is that could be the truck of the future, you guys, because it's it's a it's a fishing lure for a new driver that wants to be, you know, badass, right. and a fishing lure for the old school driver that goes, I love that hood. That's that's a truck, you know. Yeah. Uh, Jr. got it. Was standing outside yesterday doing some training, and he he says that's that truck's like Tim the Tool Man. He said. Every time I look at it, or he said, I've seen you getting in and out of it, he goes, I just want to go, ooh, 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 ooh. <laughs> I, I said, that is, that's perfect description. Yeah, I think that truck combined the best of both worlds. The old school look with the new school technology. Things are changing. Posted it up on his social media yesterday, and there was a lot of good comments and stuff. And, you know, one guy asked, is it an auto? And I said, yes. And then another guy said, that's unfortunate. I mean, depending on what you're doing, it's not unfortunate at all. If you've changed gears for 20-something years, I don't know why you would not appreciate having an automatic in town. They shift great. They're just low maintenance. I mean, it's a win-win with the weight, with the fuel, with the maintenance, with guys not blowing drive lines out. Truck has an old-school look, but you have to have a new-school mentality. I'm thinking about going back to trucking you know, full-time because that truck is so beautiful. That's what Randy said, too. He's, he's out of here. Yeah, I, I, I'll I race him through, for it. I walked through dispatch and said, hey, I'll go drive. <laughs> and uh, the last thing, Jam, on that, the, the old-school that it kept, too, is split windows in it oh yeah so it the windows are cheap you guys i think we can buy each one of those windows for 50 bucks um the windows in your trucks now are 300 and 110 or 150 to install we can install these ourselves so when the rock chips happen and we have cracks i mean everything about that truck is just just a win-win with like you said that that new school meets old school yeah the one thing you you kind of touched on i know it has a accident mitigation where if a car stops in front of you but tell us about the cruise control how does that work so i'm pretty sure and we'll have to check that out so that's an adaptive cruise on that truck that should that should be in part of the fusion package it'll hook onto the car in front of you and pace yourself and that's that's also the rear end mitigation that's what it's it's picking up so if you're I'm going to say running with a guy, one of, one of our other family members. With five seconds of following distance. Yes, with five seconds of following distance, <laughs> which this truck might have eight because it's okay, safer. great. Right? You know, and but it'll pick that truck up and, and latch onto it with the mitigation and should follow it and keep you paced. So if that, that vehicle would slow up, you're going to slow up. When it speeds up, it'll speed up. And, you know, if that car in front of you leaves you, you're going to be set at your cruise control speed. So... Um, that that's all the things that are, we're trying and we each one of those packages are separate these trucks we bought them together to see how they work together and so big learning curve for all of us and and it'll be interesting how everything functions nice super what was your opinion when you first saw that truck yesterday well back in 1992 we got a big old red peterbilt that we all nicknamed big red and jim drove that truck when it was new and it was the biggest, baddest truck out there. I mean, as we all used to say, it's a triple-digit truck. And this uh, this one, when I saw it, when it first arrived yesterday, I said, Big Red is back. <laughs> oh, yeah. Wouldn't that be cool, Dave, just wants to take the programming out and go triple-digit? Oh, yes. <laughs> Absolutely. I didn't say that on this podcast. That wasn't, that wasn't me. Edit, edit, edit. All right, let's move on to uh, procedures. Uh, what I got written down here is uh, check your tailgates. 
this is the time of the year where it's getting cooler. We had some 20-degree weather overnight. Everybody should be propping their tailgates open. And when we prop them open, we should be propping them open on our tailgate latches, right? A lot of guys use their hammers or their brushes and stuff like that. That's just a good way to lose your hammer and your brush. You start leaving the yard and you forget it. It's going to fall out and you're going to be coming looking for a new one. But if you're a slip seat driver or you're, your truck is down, you're going into somebody else's truck. Or if you're night cores and you're going truck to truck, you got to check these tailgates because there's a good chance it's propped open. You don't want to get under the can and start loading and then have to make that phone call at 2 in the morning that there's a bunch of grain on the floor. Yeah, yeah, it's fun to shovel. <clears throat> You ever shovel any grain, guys? <laughs> you went the sarcastic, yeah. like, uh, no, never. <laughs> a few it, times on a cold winter night. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> right. At least, at least the grain's warm, you know. And as you're shoveling, you're getting a good sweat going. And, there you and, go. Yeah. I think the worst was that 100 degree day we were over there. Mm. Yeah, and old Mr. Ed, I thought was going to have a heart attack that day. Yeah, he was a what two pack Linda, you think? Yeah. At least smoker and. He, w- he wanted to jump in and help us, and like Super Dave said, it was literally 100 out. I- I'm going to tell you, like, July, and right. then the grain spill, and you all know the grain's hot. 170 degrees. Yeah, and he-, he was shoveling over there, and pretty soon he was as white as a ghost and kind of faint-looking, and we thought we were going to lose him right there. <laughs> Safety topics of the week, they're repeat topics. It seems like we got to address speeding over and over and over again guys you gotta slow down yeah jam you know without brother dave here i'm sure he would be up on top of that soapbox and and uh you know i always as jam's doing this or as we're talking to you guys i like to back up a little bit the reason they pop back up is because we have it happen over and over Mm -hmm. and the tailgate thing you know when jam just talked about the brushes we had a driver that his truck was down he jumped in somebody else's truck didn't even walk around it, you guys. Started it, left the the back of the yard over here at the east yard, and he's going out the gate there or out through the driveway, and we're all out there, and there's the tailgate and the brush stuck in it, and he's going to go haul loads. And so we're like, oh, well, let's put that on the list. You know, check your tailgates, do all that kind of stuff. And, and Jam and Super Dave, the speeding, I, I would love to get through a week and not, not bring that up, but... You guys, we had no, at least no ticket. We had somebody eastbound, and we've all, JR's called you, Scooby's called you, Super Dave's called you, Jam's called you. You know, we have that speed zone set up westbound. That's because that's where the state patrol sit. That's, you know, to make us look safer, to be different, to be better. It's the law. It's the sign. It's the speed. It's all that stuff. Eastbound, you're loaded, you guys, coming out of Fry's. We had somebody set off the alarm on the geofence the other day speeding, and then when we pulled the video, his top speed was 71 miles an hour, loaded. Wow. Coming down Genesee. 71 miles an hour. And can you imagine the state patrol getting a hold of that? Could you imagine having an accident? You know, I, I, I mean, my, like Dave said last week, my blood pressure comes up, my passion, my voice gets louder. You guys, you scare the living shit out of us. You know, and, and we looked at the inside camera. And the driver, he was just minding his own business, relaxed, you know, Cadillacing is the word I used last week, but this is unsafe Cadillacing. And at some point he realized that, you know, the Jake brake went up to full, the brakes came on, the whole bit, but that's not doing your job. That's not being aware of your surroundings. That's not, that is an ultimate fail. 71 miles an hour, 
down Genesee, right? That's where he was at, you guys, if you remember right. Mm-hmm. And and uh, loaded. And that's, you know, oh, that's Randy cool. likes downstairs. That That's bullshit. And that is bullshit, you guys. <laughs> um, you know, and, and the other one speeding we just had is the driver's like, oh, I was, I don't know, made a comment. I, I got a speeding ticket and I was, I don't know, I don't know if he mentioned how much he was over. But anyway, it was uh, 54 in a 40. Um, you know, and the cop wrote him a ticket, big ticket. And you're like, yeah, you deserve a ticket. I mean, 54 and a 40, come on, you guys knock it off. You know, I'm glad you guys, you know, brought us the ticket, did everything you're supposed to do and that kind of stuff. But we don't want to talk about it anymore, but we talk about it because it happens all the time, you guys. So not, not sure how we get past that, except for using this forum, using our safety meetings, using our uh, <clears throat> toolbox meetings that we're supposed to start next week. Start Monday. Yeah, start Monday and use use dispatch to have them, hey, got to be careful up there, you know. And I, Yeah, uh, I just got to throw this out there because I deal with motor vehicle records all the time. Um, 71 in a 45, because coming down through there, it's 45 mile an hour speed limit for the trucks, is over, what is it, 26 miles an hour over, uh, anything that's a 20 mile an hour plus and over speeding ticket is considered a major violation, which will lose your job at JFW because our insurance co- company will boot you out. But on top of that, it's considered as uh, severe as a DUI or a reckless driving ticket or racing or eluding or all of those really, really big deals. And that's what was happening. So I don't think the drivers realize that. Yeah, yeah, exactly, Super Dave. And, and we watch, what, two spots up up and down at Fry's, and we got some stuff in Turkey Creek that we're doing. But so what's that, a, I don't know, eight-mile stretch, maybe 10 miles total? And you guys all know how many miles you do a day, and we're not even looking at that, but we find all this out in an eight-mile stretch. Right. Wow, that, that scares me the other way. So. And yeah. I know yesterday I had... A guy on a job site over there by Franklin who yeah. gave me an earful of F-bombs because he thought our trucks were going too fast on 58th to and from Plant 2 there. And we did get on the radio. and Through they a construction did. zone, though, right? Construction yes. And, and he was mainly so you, afraid for his guys. You right. Know, he was worried that one of us was going to tag one of his guys. So, I mean, I understand why he was, you know, upset on that and I did get on the radio and let everybody know and then you know he gave a thumbs up to one of our drivers so thank you for slowing down but why, you know you see you the construction them? zone you should have your foot come off the pedal yeah. you know slow down watch out for those people they need to go home to their families it would be you know an accident not an on purpose but you would hate to hurt somebody because you're trying to get there 30 seconds faster than what you would had you slowed down just a little bit you know there's the consequences are so huge great point for you know a few seconds faster of getting to your final destination yeah or your final or final final destination and then having to live with the thing about the speeders i think some of them just aren't paying attention you know they're just not intentionally trying to do it doesn't matter they're still speeding right but they're not paying attention to everything they should be paying attention to but we do have guys that are hard charging, right? And here's what happens when you're hard charging, you're speeding, and you get pulled over. Well, now you lost time. Now it's cost you money. Might cost you time to go to a courthouse. 
It's going to cost you time to come sit in a safety committee meeting. It's going to cost you money for your safety bonus. I mean, it's really a lose-lose. And in Denver's traffic, you're not really getting ahead. You know, it's kind of like your grandpa. Yeah, I finished 30 minutes later. I did the same amount of work as you did. Yep, yep, absolutely. Soup, you want to attack the frozen loads? I'm sure you've seen a frozen load or two in your time. He's never shoveled. I've never <laughs> seen him shovel. <laughs> I've yeah, never I, shoveled with him either. <laughs> it's a team effort a lot of times, isn't it? That's the best way. It is the best way. Yeah, I mean, gravel is wet. You know, it's a wash product. They dig it out of the ground. They have to wash all the dirt off of it. And um, in the inside of these stockpiles where we load, it never dries out. So uh, those stockpiles are also at a warmer temperature than the air temperature. So they dig into that pile and they load it in your truck. And uh, you go down the road at 65 miles an hour and that freezes like a rock. Um one of the ways we get around um, that in the winter is we ask the operators to keep it out of the nose. Um, typically, we say landing legs back, um, which allows the material uh, to stay out of the nose and freeze less, but it's a safer way to dump. So if you you don't have that weight in the nose of the trailer as you go up, so the, t- the trailer's more stable. It is so, so important, and I got bit by this Uh, doing golf course loads you got to clean out at the end of the night because at the end of the day it's above freezing it's you know the the material has not uh been in the trailer and so you can sweep it out or whatever and then if you leave that in there overnight and then you get a specialty load or you got a hollow load of sand and you have three-quarter rock frozen all in that trailer you're not getting it out it's going to be frozen like a rock like you know an ice cube in there so uh that'll bite you but ultimately and Jim, he was there. I wasn't there, but the loader operators can put the material off to one side of the trailer and then it'll freeze in that trailer and then you send it up and it'll tip right over. And we had that happen a number of years ago on uh, one of the light rail projects. And uh, I mean, the driver wasn't aware. He, I mean, he didn't check the load before he sent it up. Um, he wasn't on level ground. I mean, it was the perfect storm, and that trailer came over. It shut down the job. I mean, we had the railroad people out, the city of Denver people out, and ultimately everything that happens like that is preventable. You know, you as the driver, you check your load, you load it correctly in the beginning, um, and you take the precautions to make sure that you get that off well. So it's something that you have to pay attention to every load, every day in the winter. Perfect. Thanks, Super. And just winter driving conditions in general, increase your following distance. You really got to plan ahead. Yeah, just the the winter driving conditions. I think that was one that Randy mentioned to you. And he was talking about the guys going over the hill that are going out of town and stuff. And, you know, you may have to come up Vail and, you know, bottom or down in Vail. There's no snow. You hit that pass. It's going to be a bitch. You may have to chain and all that kind of stuff. But you get back into Dillon or, or go through the tunnels and no snow or pop out of the tunnels and no snow. But... Just slow up. Leave that big distance. Don't don't put yourself in that position where you need to step on the brakes really hard and make yourself skid. Let people go around you. Just just back out of it and relax. The, you know, I love Jam's thing here about, you know, slowing down in the in the Cadillac and and, and leaving that space and all that that I guess we've both mentioned and and just relax, slow down. Let people go around you. Let people be idiots. You you guys all drive enough to see, to pick out the guy that's going to be the idiot and get to laugh at the idiots, you know? Yep. 
Space is always your friend, just even much more so in the wintertime. Last thing on the safety topics, guys, is letting your truck build up with air. Just the other morning, I think it was the same guy with the tailgate left open. He dragged his trailer brakes from the from the red lot all the way to the to the to the main shop here. And the unfortunate thing is it was a senior driver, a five year guy, not doing his job, not walking around a truck, not letting the air build up. That's just somebody in a rush. Slow down, let your air build up, make sure you got your trailer brakes gonna release and just do the job right. Exactly, Jim. And then just one other thing to the to that is We've probably missed 90 days of, well, I know we've missed 90 days of weather. Um, maybe not enough to freeze, but we're going to come into that first that year where you might come in in the morning and your brakes be literally froze to the drums on some of the trailers. We're getting, we're almost, I don't know, 80% disc brakes where that might not happen anymore. But that's the thing. When you're releasing your brakes and you're building it all the way up, that's a full blast of 125 pounds of air hitting those chambers and making everything work, unsticking them, making sure they're not froze, all that. There's there's so much to that win-win of charging your air up, releasing your tractor, letting that come back up to, to 120, 125, pushing that trailer button in, letting it build up, and then moving. And again, that's a little bit of time, but what it's going to save you down the road or coming into the shop or... You know, Jam, Super Dave, how many t- guys do we have come to, the win- come to us in the winter and go, hey, my brakes won't release or my brakes won't release. They've walked up to us. They've gotten us. We've walked back out and everything's fine. <laughs> right. And they look at us like, well, what'd you do? And we're like, nothing. It built up and released. <laughs> right. It warmed up. Yeah, right. Be patient. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's not instant. It takes, you know, a good 10 minutes to let that truck get built and, you know, get your brakes released. Yeah, absolutely. Soup, you got a high road hauler for us this week? I do, I do. And and I like, uh, when we do the high road haul, and I like stories because everybody can relate to a good story. Um, and they, you know, obviously the moral of the story is blah, blah, blah. But um, this one's kind of connected to last week's high road hauling where we talked about you are your lens. How you perceive things is is up to you, um, and everybody's different in that department. So uh, this one's a good little story about that same kind of thing. Um, an elderly couple likes to sit in their breakfast nook and look out the window to the east while enjoying their breakfast and coffee. They like to watch the sun rising and see the morning weather. Their windows happen to face in the direction of their neighbor's backyard. These new neighbors just moved in a few weeks earlier, and they are a young couple with four children. Their days, as you might imagine, are quite busy. To help get all the chores and things done during the day, the mother gets up very early to wash the clothes and hangs their laundry outside on a clothesline to dry. One day, the elderly woman looked into the neighboring yard and commented to her husband, Just look at that laundry next door. It looks filthy. The white clothes look gray, and all the colors are dingy and dull. Does that woman not use soap in her washer? Her husband remained silent and stirred his coffee. A few days passed and the couple was again enjoying the morning and their breakfast looking out the window. The woman could not help notice the laundry hanging next door again. Look at that laundry, she says. It's not, is it not the dirtiest laundry you've ever seen? That new neighbor should be ashamed to hang such laundry outside for others to see. Why, I have half a mind to go over there and tell her what a poor clothes washer she is. Her husband looked at the clothes and then looked down and stirred his coffee and said nothing. 
Several days later, while looking out the breakfast nook windows, the elderly woman exclaimed, Oh my gosh, I can't believe it. Look at that laundry. It's beautiful. The whites are shining and look at those bright colors. She looked at her husband and thought for a moment, Did you say something? The husband finally looked up from his coffee and said, No, I cleaned our windows. Oh, wow. (laughs) (laughs) And so it goes with life. What we see when watching others depends on the cleanliness of the windows with which we look. I love that. That that is my favorite story. I don't know how many times we've said that, Super Dave, over the years. But, man, that's, yeah, that's that's something else. All right, guys, I'm going to kick the final thoughts off with um, being engaged. Uh, This past week, we've had a couple people problems. You know, one guy speeding and... You know, his excuse was, I heard we could do 52 miles an hour. You know, another guy had a back in accident, didn't get out and look. When these things happen, I, I ask their drivers, like, do you listen to the podcast? Oh, no, I, I don't listen to the podcast. And I don't really care if you listen to the podcast for any kind of ego reasons, but we pass so much good information. We talk about speeding, we talk about backing. We, and when I hear you're not listening to the podcast, and you don't read your bamboo announcements. It just tells me you just work here. You're not engaged. You're not part of our culture. So I'm asking you to be engaged. Connect with the other people that work here. You don't need to bring your JFW pom-poms to work with you every day. But talk to us. Connect with the leaders. You know, you have a problem, call. Ask questions. Bring ideas. Brother Dave says it all the time. Bring some solutions to problems that you're having. We want to hear from you guys, but... My final thought is just to be engaged. Awesome, awesome. You know, uh, we're getting into the deep, dark days of winter here. Um, Everybody that does this job is geared to go. I mean, we are hauling material all day long. We're talking with huge volumes, a 1,000 yards a day, which is 1,500 tons of material in, you know, a dozen different plants. And when things do slow down, it's really hard to adjust You know, construction does taper off at the end of the year like this. Holidays are coming, and we just have to remember this is temporary, and we should try to enjoy it while we can because it will be just a short while, and we'll be like, okay, we got the pit to stay open until 5 o'clock again tonight. (laughs) Right. (laughs) So true. (laughs) And we have to go. So sometimes you think, wow, you know, uh, I've only, you know, got 40 hours in or 50 hours in this week, but... Um, overall, it's a blessing that we have a chance to sit back and enjoy the holidays and be with our families and uh, get ready for next year because it's coming and it's going to be busy. It's going to be very busy. I'm going to take just a little bit of a turn and just I wanted to thank everybody on my dispatch team. We have such a good team. Um, everybody's so helpful with everybody else. You know, I'm just so proud of what we have down there and you know we're getting better every single day everybody's open to learning and i also wanted to thank all of our drivers we have such a good group of people and i don't know if people understand that having worked on the other side of everything and in a scale house and seeing everybody else that's out there jfw really is the best of the best out there um we have the best of everything the mechanics the wash bays the everybody you know and jim and dave always trying to do things better and uh, more efficiently and looking out for their people and you know 
always thinking ahead and doing stuff. That's very unusual in a trucking company yeah. and in a company in general. Yeah. So I just wanted to say thank you to everybody. I mean, we are so lucky to be here, and thanks to Jim and Dave for everything that they do for us. Absolutely. Oh, thank, you. thank you, Linda. JFW is a class act for it, sure. It, they really are. But, and you notice that especially some of the drivers have gone and come back because they now – realize you know what a difference it is i had the benefit of seeing them before i started working here and knew from personal stuff but sometimes you get a little complacent that you forget to realize how lucky we are to work here and yeah the machines the equipment the dispatching softwares the everything you know if i needed a new even chair tomorrow i know i could say hey look i need a more comfortable chair I could probably get one, you know, so there's just people aren't, you know, cussing at you. People aren't, you know, disrespecting you there. You know, there is a family here. Not that we don't have disagreements and have the normal family stuff, but it is a family. And, you know, I, I just really enjoy being here and wanted to thank everybody. Awesome. Thank, Linda. thank you. Linda. Yeah. Great job. That's awesome. Jim. Yeah, I know I kind of ruined the final thoughts or we got off track last week and everybody bugged me about it or, you know, it was a, it was funny. It was funny. uh, Final thoughts this week is uh, one of my favorite guys to pull quotes from is Theodore Roosevelt. And uh, he's got one, a whole speech about where he talks about the man who errors and he doesn't give up. And I've used it a couple times in different bamboos and um, through his speech there, he talks about the, the person that gets in the ring and is bloody and marred and is willing to fight and uh and that the person errors you know that fails but they never give up and when we talk about the speeding and different stuff like that it's because you guys step in the arena every day with us and yes we fail you fail we fail but we're doing it together and we're getting bloody and marred and we're we're better for it we're a team and we're a group so don't ever forget that that we're going to err but we're going to come through this together awesome great job guys and linda thank you for joining us this week thank you good to have thank you, you linda, linda. Woo! see you everybody <laughs>